Okay. You'll have to, this is a little bit of a tongue twister. So you have to pay attention because this is for every individual person as well as for the church. Okay. Okay. What has been is not what shall be. Okay. For if you will humble yourself. Now that's instruction to each one of us. Okay. If you will humble yourself and seek my face. Draw close to me and I will draw close to you. And what has been is not what shall be. For indeed this year ahead shall be different. But it will take you drawing close to me. Seeking my face as never before. Humbling yourself and seeking my face as never before. To see what has been is not what shall be. Okay. Okay. It, it's just important for each one of you to understand that. And this, I can, I can, I think we can get this out to everybody. Um, I have it on the Telegram page that I transcribed it. Now, with that, that word was given. But with that, there was a picture that I saw of you know how a netting, netting, and it was a great big netting, and there was things that were being held up, um, um, blessings. Whatever they are, I didn't see individually what they are, but it was being held. And so to me, the two went together. The two went together because we need to humble ourselves and seek his face. And he meets the needs. Is that right? So we have a part to play. We have a part to play in that. And um, I believe that is individual again, as well as for the, the church. God wants to bless and, and do something different here. Amen. Amen. He wants to bless. And so I just want to uh, share that word with you and encourage you in that. And uh, I don't know, maybe I need to read it again. How many of you want it read again? Yeah. Okay. You're going to tape me now, Jeff. (laughs) Okay. All right. What has been is not what shall be. For if you will humble yourself and seek my face, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. And what has been is not what shall be. For indeed this year ahead shall be different. But it will take you drawing close to me, seeking my face as never before. Humbling yourself and seeking my face as never before. To see what has been is not what shall be. Okay. See what has been not what shall be okay and and before i even started the service last week i had said this new year was to be different but so the lord gave us instruction that we need to seek him like never before so if you haven't been seeking the lord now's a good time to start you know spend time with him worship him i've been putting that purposing to put that to work more in my life and that's for each individual and and there's a I mean, we're going to talk about praise and worship again today, probably next week, because there's a lot to seeking him that we can be doing as as individuals as well as corporately. And so so that's, um, uh, again, what Wednesday nights are about, although there is prayer going on. But I think there'll be some things changing. I think there's going to be another time of prayer and be intercession instead, more intercession. Anyway, um, I just wanted to share that word. So, 
Anything anybody has on their heart before we... Anybody? Okay. All right, kids, you can go quietly, please. Amen. Okay, my joke. You ready to hear this joke? Huh? I don't tell jokes, do I? I don't tell jokes. Not unless you're around me more more than just Sunday. But anyway, um, this joke was um, one that was told to me. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you where it was at after I get done telling the joke. <laughs> but anyway, this um, uh, guy was sharing with me about the, the snowstorms that had been going on. And, and him and his wife were... You know, they lived on a street and, and, you know, most, I don't know if everybody has where you have to move your car. There's a certain time you have to get your car on the other side of the street. And, you know what I mean? And some of you don't have to do that because you're in the country. But um, in, in town, this guy, you know, they were listening to the radio and they said, okay, the street needs to be cleared. So if you've got your car on the right side, get it to the left side. And so then they did that. And then, then a couple of days later, there was another storm. So the radio was telling them, okay, you, you, you move your car back to the other side and, and this side will be cleared. And so they did that and things were moving right along. So there was another big storm that came. And this time the radio guy was just getting ready to announce, okay, if you have your car and you, and the electricity went out. And so, so this guy was, um, he was pacing around the table and he's pacing back and forth. And what do I do? I don't know which side to put my car on. You know, electricity went out. He was just really, and his wife said, just leave it in the garage. <laughs> Did you get it? <laughs> just leave your car in the garage this time. Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right, there you go. See, I probably won't do too many more jokes. <laughs> I was in the dentist chair. <laughs> My dentist was telling me that joke. Anyway, he tried another one too, but that one wasn't as good, and I don't even remember it. Anyway, so God's good, isn't he? Oh, well, I thought, oh, that would be a good one to share with everybody. Okie doke. All right. Well, we're going to be... <laughs> you can pass that on to whoever you want to. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're going to be talking about praise and worship Again, we started it somewhat last week, and um, I don't have all those notes with me, but I started it out talking about the different types of prayer, and we moved down to the prayer of casting the care upon the Lord. We talked about that a lot, and then the next one was going to be praise and worship, the, the, the prayer, of prayer, prayer of worship. And um, I'm just going to start with Acts 13 again, so let's just start with Acts 13. I'll try to move through this pretty quick. Um, the importance of praise and worship. Praise and worship is so important. And I, I understand, I think, a little bit more on my own benefit, the difference between the two. Praise, is, is, I liked, we demonstrated that a little bit today. Praise is where if I walk up to Jeff and I said, Jeff, I like your haircut today. <laughs> Jeff, I'm just, I'm just. You know, yeah. I'm still in joke mode. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> anyway, I just, that's what the first thing that came to me. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm praising you. Oh, oh, well, see, I didn't know. I didn't know he had a haircut, but it looks great. <laughs> oh, she did it? Huh? It looks great. <laughs> I won't, I won't add anything to that. <laughs> but anyway, so if I, if we can, we can praise each other, can't we? We can praise each other. And that's kind of what praise is. It's praising the Lord. We're thankful. We're, we're giving him glory and praise. Then we move from that. And then that praise, you know, is a clapping and it's, we move from that into worship. And worship is just ministering to him. It's ministering to him, thanking him, loving him, like Zach was talking about. It's loving him, loving him. And see, I think there's just a lot of things that we can gain from doing that, from ministering to the Lord, loving on him. And so it doesn't mean that you don't stop talking to him, but you lift your hands up and I, I love you, Father. And that's why sometimes I tell you on a Sunday morning, if you don't know the words, still tell him you love him. Praise him, worship him, give him glory. Because, you know, if, if I had a relationship with my kids, if they were closer, my grandkids, spending time with them that and fellowship with them and being around them, that's, I would love doing that, you know. And I know Kim can testify to the same thing. That would be great. And see, our God, our Father, wants that with us. He wants that relationship and that fellowship with us. And we should want that with him as well. You understand what I mean? Because we are a spirit being. We should want to be in his presence. We should want to love him. We should want to adore him. We should want to give him glory. Isn't he worth that? Isn't he worthy of the praise that we give him? He definitely is worthy of that. He's worthy of that praise. He's worthy of that. Because of all that he has done in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he sent his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So he sent his only son on our behalf. And we love him for that. We love him for doing that. Where would we be if we didn't have the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Where would we be if we weren't born again, if we didn't have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? Where would we be? Amen? And so those things, you can get up in the morning and be ready to praise him right away. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that I woke up today. Thank you, Father, I can get out of bed. Thank you, Father, every pain leaves my body. Amen? Thank you, Father, that all my needs are met. Financially, physically, spiritually, all my needs are met. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I was sharing, I think, sharing last week that there, there's an area of the worship and the prayer time, prayer. And we, we still aren't really going to get to that today, but you'll see that in Ephesians six eighteen and, and um, 1 Timothy 2, I believe it is, where praise is a part of the prayer. Praise and it's part of the of praying and it's so important. And I know me personally, I knew it in the back when we would meet downstairs and we'd intercede and and sometimes I was just trying to be led to worship. But we we don't need to be led to worship. We need to just worship the Lord. We need to just worship Him. And so the praying and the praising it's all they, it all works together. So there should just be as much praising as there is as much prayer. Does that make sense? Because, see, God, 
God has uh, made a way for us to be able to pray and talk to him and fellowship with him and pray effectively. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, part of that is praising him and thanking him for the answer. Praising him and thanking him for the change. Amen? So, so we have to... Um, that's an area that I know that I'm growing in. And by doing this and by looking at praise and worship, I can tell. You know, whenever you know you're, you're short in an area... Like say, like say you have a table and here, I think prayer center taught this, but they had a, a leg of fasting, a leg of worship, a leg of, of prayer and a leg of, um, the word. And so sometimes we're short in an area. So your table doesn't sit level. So let's say if you need to be doing more worship, <laughs> your table isn't going to sit level. Well, I realized that I need to be doing more worship, more praising, more worship. And that is so vital to um, where we are going, where the church is going. It's so important because I talked about we're here. There's this big, vast area here, and we need to be here. And so we are, we are moving over here where the worship is going to be different this year. The worship is going to be different. Anyway, okay. So Acts 13.1. Now, there were at Antioch in the church that was their prophets and teachers, Barnabas and um, Simon, who, were, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menon, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were ministering, verse 2 is the, is the main part in 3. And while they were ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord, so what were they doing when I say they were ministering? They were loving on the Lord. They were loving on the Lord. Okay. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them out. So they were ministering to the Lord. And what happened when they ministered to the Lord? (laughs) When they were ministering to the Lord? Yes, they got instructions. They heard what the Spirit of God was saying. And that's what happened. That's what should be happening in this church. There should be manifestations of the Spirit all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, and so when we're ministering to the Lord, He's going to give you a revelation. He's going to give you an understanding. Now, if He gives you an understanding about a situation that you're dealing with, that doesn't mean that's for the whole body, you know. But He's going to, He's going to give you revelation on something that maybe you need to fix in your life, or maybe you and your husband need to fix, or, um, maybe He's going to show you something that's getting ready to happen, and that He'll instruct you as to what you need to do about that. But that's why we're supposed to be ministering to the Lord. We come together on Sunday morning mostly to minister to the Lord. Because you're not going to minister to the Lord when you hear me teach. I'm going to instruct you as to what to do. But we need to come together to minister and worship. Amen? Minister to the Lord. I'm probably going to say that 155 million times just so that when you leave today, you know you're supposed to be ministering to the Lord. Amen? Okay. So ministering to the Lord, when he speaks, he makes known God's will to each one of us or talks to us. Now, see, Zach had that word last week. That doesn't mean there couldn't have been two or three or four other people have a similar word. See, when a word of knowledge or a word, a prophecy 
uh, word of wisdom comes through people. It doesn't necessarily mean it's, it'll be similar, but it may not sound the same. You, you follow what I'm saying? Because you are each individual vessels and the Lord's going to use you. He's going to say a similar thing through you and it will sound the same, but it will be coming through you and it will, will not um, uh, differ. It won't differ too much, but it'll have a similar meaning. Does that make sense? Because you're each individual vessels and the spirit of God is using you as that vessel. Okay. See, um, my picture was different than what Zach said last week. What the the Lord gave me a picture, but they put them together and and we got instruction on it. You see what I'm saying? Because he told us what to do through Zach, but then this is what we can expect to receive because we are, if we do the seeking. Amen. All right. So, so we miss out on, we miss out on blessings. We miss out on blessings because we don't take the time to minister to the Lord. We do. Mm -hmm. So lately I've been purposing when I, I am prompted to pray for somebody, I'll pray for them, but I do a lot more worship, a lot more praise and worship in behalf of that situation. But see, you know, it has to be out of a heart of worship. It has to be out of a heart that loves God. It has to be out of a heart that knows that God's meeting every need that you have. Okay, we're going to talk some more about those. But and just to give you, uh, there's just so much that can happen during praise and worship. There was a one situation that I, I read about um, where this baby was just having convulsions and just carrying on and carrying on. And so um, the pastor's wife and a few others came to come in and they did everything they knew to do. <laughs> made me remind me of myself. But anyway, they, they bound and broke the power of the demonic influence, commanded to go, commanded healing to come. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. And they didn't know why it wasn't changing. So then the pastor's wife started worshiping and praising the Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And the convulsions stopped. And so they started visiting amongst themselves a little bit. Then the convulsions started up again. So they did everything again. They broke the power of the demonic influences, commanded them to go, commanded healing to manifest, and nothing was changing it. So the pastor's wife started worshiping the Lord again. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And the convulsions stopped never did start up again. So it's, so it's so important that we implement every weapon that we have been given. And praise and praise and worship is one of those weapons. See, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. They're mighty. Our weapons are mighty. And see, our weapons don't look like the, natu- the weapons that armies have in the natural. Our weapons are uh, spiritual weapons that deal with things in the spirit realm. Everybody understand that? Okay. So then, and then there was another one that I was reminded of when our family was in Colorado. I think I might have shared this before, but we were in Colorado Springs, that big church out there that Ted Haggart pastored a number of years ago. And of course, Terry McAlmond was the praise and worship leader. And um, my sister and brother-in-law did not go there to church, but we decided we were going to go there because I had heard about it and, and so we went, she said, you got to get there ahead of time because the cars 
are lined up all the way out in all the roads. So you got to get there early. So we got there and got in there. But at the same time, there was an ambulance coming. And so, so we didn't really know what was going on. We just kept going into the great big, I think they, they I don't think the worship center held 10,000, but they served 10,000 uh, people. You know, I think they had several, two or three services. Anyway, we found out they started sharing that there was a guy in, the, I think it was the first service had died. And so, so this just is an example to show you how important praise and worship is. Ted told Terry McCallmond, start doing praise and worship this way, do it this way. And so Terry started up the worship. Of course, there were doctors there that could verify that this guy did die in the service. And so um, anyway, they started doing worship a certain way. And um, this guy came back to life. And he was, they, the ambulance was there. And of course, they got him to the hospital then. But I just shared that, you know, I, I wasn't in on the, I, I wasn't in on the workings of all that. But then we got home that day and my sister said, well, how was church? We wasn't going to say anything. We said, well, this guy died in the service and he came back to life, you know, because we, at that time we were trying to move my sister's family to the things of the spirit. Anyway, so it was a, it was a good testimony, um, to them <laughs> anyway. So, so it's just, it's just so important, you know? Don't forget, don't negate the idea that you can praise and worship and change a situation, okay? Okay? And it changes your heart at the same time. Always, 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 okay? Anyway, I just thought I'd share those two, those two situations that I knew about. And um, now let's go to this famous Acts 16, just a couple, couple pages over, where Paul and Silas, and this is again in the in the... Talking about, you know, they had been thrown in the dungeon. Their feet were in, they were locked up. And it was midnight. And midnight, you know, is not always necessarily, it might have been the time of night it was, but it was dark. It was a dark, they were over overwhelmed with the, the things that were going on. They couldn't see anything in there. They knew that their backs were bleeding. They knew that there was probably, like I said, was it last week, there was probably rats running around. You know, and um, rats can be as big as possums if you've ever seen a rat out out and about. <laughs> Sometimes at night when I was delivering papers, you know, I would see him go into the. Anyway, that's not here nor there, but <laughs> but they can be they can be um, not very nice. Anyway, so it was a dark hour for Paul and Silas. It was dark. And it, it was the darkest part. And you know, we all experiences we all experience dark places in our life, where, where there's an attack or there is uh, something that goes wrong. Maybe we don't have enough finances to pay the bills. Maybe um, we get in a fight with a, a close friend, or maybe we're, you know, sickness. We're dealing with sickness and disease. And so those are dark places in our life. But look what Paul and Silas did. They praised and worshipped. And, and the freedom came. And they weren't quiet when they did it either. You know me, I'm not quiet. Last Wednesday night, I don't know if anybody, but I was prompted to do what I did last Wednesday night, and it was not quiet. 
But I'm going to be obedient to do what the Lord tells me to do. Now, I didn't know anything that I was doing in the spirit realm, but I do know that the, the Holy Spirit was prompting me to do it. For those of you that were here, I did not know anything. I still don't know anything, but I do know the Holy Spirit wanted it done. And it was done in the spirit realm. And whatever he wants to do with that, that's his job. I was just obedient to intercede, to praise, whatever he wanted done. Amen. And so sometimes it can be loud. Sometimes it can be, you know, there was one night we were praising on Wednesday night and Zach was, he sometimes moves around and I got just prompted by the Holy Spirit and I come up out of my chair like this, you know, (laughs) Zach had to get out of the way because I was on the move. And so, but it's not me, but it's the Holy Spirit wanting to do something through you. He wants to do something through you. You might be a, a, a key to somebody coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ when you prayed and you praised, you might be that key. You might be that key. You might be the one that's going to lay hands on a child in school, like Zach's in school now. You might be the one that's going to lay hands on that child and see them raise up off of the deathbed or see them healed. You might be that. A lot of times what he does is he uses us to bring about his will in the spirit realm. And then we walk it out in the natural. That's happened to me a lot of times. Things happen. Things change in the spirit realm because I was obedient to praise. I was obedient to intercede. And I I do it clear until the point I have my release on the inside. I don't understand anything, but it all belongs to the Lord. Amen. It belongs to the Lord. So those things are all really important. And so, so a lot of times people say, well, you, you, you must be in sin if you got attacked. No, no, it doesn't mean that. Or you must be out of God's will if you got attacked. No, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that. There can just be a, an attack against you just because the devil wants to do it. But we got to know what to do to walk out of that. I mean, we're going we're gonna to get to that. Then the last thing that I talked about last week or w- was so important was uh, Second Chronicles. And that, that is probably one of my favorites with Jehoshaphat. How many of you remember that story with Jehoshaphat? Second Chronicles 20. And um, I, I don't want to read the whole thing because I do want to get a little further than we did last week. But... Um, I would encourage you to read down through, starting with verse 1, all the things that they were dealing with. And then uh, I'm going to just start over here with verse 15. I mean, Jehoshaphat was just overwhelmed with the multitude that was coming against him. And he started to be afraid. But if you see over here, if you see over here what he did, um, verse 2, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. And Jehoshaphat, in verse 3, was afraid. But he turned his attention to seek the Lord. And that's what we need to do immediately when we're in a dark place, when we're under attack, or when we need some of those things I just talked about, whether it's healing, whether it's um, financial needs, whatever it is, we need to be quick, quick to get over there and praise and worship. Seek him, seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek the Lord, seek him. Oh, you know, oh, what's that going to do? Is that even going to do anything? 
I'm so used to seeking my bank when I need finances. Anybody else like to seek their bank in here? <laughs> I'm so used to running to the store and getting me some, what is it, ibuprofen? I don't take ever take any of that, but I'm so used to doing that. Let's see, what What do they got on the shelf? I don't even know what that stuff is. Huh? Hey, no, we, 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 we have to be, I'm not saying you can't go do that. Don't, don't, don't take that wrong. But what we need to do is we need to be quick to implement the things that we know to do spiritually. If you have to take an ibuprofen, I'm not going to judge you. And there shouldn't be any judging going on that way. You know? But what I'm saying is be quick to put to Im- implement praising. Be quick to implement prayer. Be quick to implement what the word says about your situation. Do those things. Amen? And so, you know, all, most of you guys know me well enough in here to know that, that as, you, as you're seeking the things that you need, continue to confess the right thing, that all my needs are met, or by his stripes I'm healed. Continue to do that, okay? Okay, so, um, so David, or Jehoshaphat, um, sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. Verse 17, or verse 15, God's saying here, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is... This is, uh, and King Jehoshaphat, this is the prophet came forth after they had spent some time. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle's not yours, but God's. And we forget that. We forget that the battle belongs to the Lord. Battle belongs to the Lord. We do what we know to do, but the battle belongs to the, the Lord. Verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Stand or station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow and go out to face them for the Lord is with you. So they see they still had to do a man side. They still had to do a man thing. They had God's word on it, but they still had to go out and face the enemy. You understand that? See, it says, um, do not fear or be dismayed. What does fear do? What does fear do? Fear opens the door. Fear is one of the biggest things that allows sickness and disease in. Fear opens the door to the enemy to come right on in. Fear moves. Fear is the root of cares and anxieties. If you're in care about something, it's a fear base. Okay? All right. So, O Judah, Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face, face them for the Lord is with you. See, and that's, we forget that God is with us. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. He is with us. And as we move forward in, in doing what God instructs us to do, he's going to show us if you need to correct something in your own life, or he's going to show you the next step that you need to take. But we, we, a lot of times we just stand here frozen. We don't know what to do. Well, fear, like, like Zach was saying, fear will freeze you. Fear will just freeze you and you're stuck. You're stuck right there. Amen? Okay, so um, verse, eight, verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the heavens of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. All of them. All of them fell down before the Lord. Worshiping the Lord means yourself is not involved. Worshiping the Lord means I surrender, I sacrifice. 
I don't care how I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to bow before the Lord. I'm going to surrender to his lordship and I'm going to worship him. I'm going to love him. If it means getting on your knees, whatever it means for you to do. And uh, the whole group did that. It wasn't just Jehoshaphat. Everybody got on their knees to the Lord. And verse 19, and the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of Korahites stood up. They stood up too and praised the Lord, God of Israel, with a very soft voice. No? Very loud voice. See, there's nothing wrong with a loud voice. Nothing wrong. Mine, I've told you, will get loud because it's coming out of my inner man. I'm so excited about worshiping him and loving him. And and see, we have to know that when we do that, things are going to move. Things are going to change. Okay, and so then verse um, 21 Uh, And when he had consulted with the people, he pointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And so they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. And when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon. They began singing and praising and set ambushes, set ambushes. What caused the ambushes? The singing and the praising. Have you ever... A lot of times I'll pray and I'll, I'll say, Lord, I just speak confusion to the enemy's camp. I speak confusion to the enemy's camp. But then as I was going through this, I'm going, oh, man, my praise and worship is going to bring confusion to the enemy's camp as well. It's a heartful, heartfelt, heartfelt praise and worship. And it's going to bring confusion to the enemy's camp. Amen. Let's say you're talking to somebody about the Lord and you want them to come to a born again um, a born again place and they just can't quite get it so you're in your prayer time for them and you break the power of that blinding thing off their eyes are you dealing with that over there somebody you've been talking to anyway you break the power of that blinding thing off their eyes and then you can worship Lord I just thank you I thank you Father I speak confusion to that area that hinders them from receiving the Lordship of Jesus amen amen so so, um, okay, so verse 22, did I read that? 22. And when they began singing and praising the Lord's ambushes, and the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Anyway, um, it just took, and, and, and after that, if you see, um, Man did his part by going down to face the enemy. God did his part by setting the ambushes. Okay? Then there was, it took three days, there was three days of spoil. They could not even carry it all. So what's that saying to us spiritually? We go, we go and we deal with the enemy. The thing that he had stolen from us, he has to give it back. We get our, all the spoil, the blessings back. Amen? Is that what happened there for them? Same thing happened with David and Zig, Ziglag. They got, they got everything back. You know, David, again, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He come back and all the families, the men's families, wives, children, all of them have been stolen, even David's. And the men wanted to stone him because they thought he was the one who had caused it all. And 
What did David do? He says, he didn't stand there and go, yeah, come on. I can take it. I did bad. I wasn't very good. I'm a bad person. No, he didn't do that. What did he do? He got down and encouraged himself in the Lord. How many of you in here facing death, facing the stoning, facing your family just got stolen, would think to encourage yourself in the Lord? Would that be your first thought? Would that be the first thing you did? When there's no money in the bank, what would be the first thing you did? I mean, you can an- you don't have to tell me, but you can answer that. What's the first thing you'll do? What's the first thing you do? I share. I shared. There wasn't a lot of people here last week, but I shared about the money that a lady had owed me for a number of years. They had moved away. They worked at Fisher's. She borrowed five hundred from me two different times. And you know, when you loan, don't expect to receive it back. And so um, I, I remained in a, a right place with her. I loved her. Uh, had not a problem, but she had the problem because she knew it was wrong to just leave town without reimbursing me the $1,000. So anyway, so I just gave it to the Lord, cast the cares. We was talking about casting care. Gave it to the Lord, thanked him, thanked the Lord, because it's him that meets my needs. You know, and... Um, if it was going to come back from her, fine. If it's going to come a different way, but God meets my needs. So I don't know, I think it was six months, um, at least six months, and she came to my door one day. They, they had come back to town, I think it was for a, some kind of a Fisher thing, and they come back to town and sat down. She sat down, wrote me a check for $1,000. See, God does take care of us if we let him, you know. But if I'd have held a grudge, and the next time I saw her, I was going to give her a piece of my mind. Would that have worked? No. You know what that would have done? She'd have run the other way. She wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. But see, love is so important in those situations. Casting the care is important. Amen? Okay, so. Um, there is... Um, Talked about Ziglai. Let's look at this one, uh, Jonah, too. I think this is amazing. Jonah, Jonah, chapter 2. I, I, I don't know what made me think to check Jonah out, but, you know, Jonah got himself in a, a, a bad place, didn't he, guys? Huh? Yep. John, chapter 2. Yeah, he was in a, he was in a bad way. He, what, he was disobedient to do what the Lord had told him to do. So he ran. He ran. <laughs> it won't work. It won't work. Any of you that are called of the Lord, you know what you're supposed to be doing. It won't work to not do it. And it won't work to run because he'll get, he'll get to you eventually. You'll have to do what you're called to do. You know what I mean? So verse or chapter uh, Jonah 2, cha- uh, verse 1. Um, Jonah, this is Jonah's prayer, basically. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. Thou didst hear my voice, for thou hast cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the current engulfed me, and thy breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from thy sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward thy holy temple. He was trying to basically focus on the Lord in that situation. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. 
I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But thou hast brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to thee and to thy holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. But I will sacrifice to thee. What was his sacrifice? Next line. With the voice of thanksgiving. With the voice of thanksgiving, that which I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up out onto the dry land. Jonah was in a tight spot. <laughs> I would have to say he was in a tight spot. <laughs> He's probably already experiencing some digestion issues. You know? And so, that's supposed to be funny. Anyway. <laughs> and so, anyway, it... it um, he knew who, his, who God was, and he knew what he needed to do. He had to acknowledge. And in our worship, what we're doing is we're acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, or God is God. We're acknowledging that. Um, and if you are in a place of sin and repent, and a place of sin or whatever you're in, and, and you can't repent or you can't sing praises, then you need to repent of something, whatever it is, if you have trouble singing praises to the Lord. I've shared that. I've experienced that before. So if you have trouble singing praises to the Lord and acknowledging his lordship in your life, you need to get on your knees and find out what what you're doing wrong, where you're missing it. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know how many times I've had to go before the Lord on my knees and say, Lord, what am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me know what I need to change in my life? And all those times of crying out to the Lord to change has brought me to the place I am right now. And I still cry out to the Lord for change. You know, I have not arrived. And I'd be the first one to tell you I haven't arrived, didn't I? I was the first one. No. (laughs) Anyway, there's just things that there's just things that we need to have a humble heart before the Lord. And say, hey, I have not arrived. What am I doing wrong, Lord? I want to be the best that I can be for you. I want to serve you with my whole heart. And do you know that we serve when we serve the Lord? I come across this scripture in my study. I always feel like I've crammed for weeks when I come here on Sunday morning. And I go, what do I talk about? You know, because I've got so much under my belt. But, you know, that scripture verse in Exodus that talks about, I'll serve the Lord thy God with all and and he'll take sickness and out of he'll bless my bread and my water and take sickness out of my midst and it goes on about serving living a long life and if you're barren blah 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 and um anyway i was just looking at that and studying that out why i don't know but you know that word serve it can be worship too i will worship the lord thy god i will worship him and I got to think of, well, that's right. When we're here worshiping, we're serving him, aren't we? Aren't we serving him? Amen. Serving him. Serving him. I would like to see you guys put this to work in your life this week and have a testimony next week. Testimony. It can be a testimony of maybe you were uptight. <laughs> uptight about something, you know. Or you were in ang- care and anxiety, but you're uptight about something. And you just made that decision. I'm going to praise and worship you, Lord. And you start worshiping and you start praising him. Basically worshiping because you're ministering to him. 
You're not you're not coming to him to get something when you're when you're worshiping. Okay, you're worshiping him because he is who he is and he's all you need. Isn't he all we need? Yeah, so we we and when you start doing that, when you come before him say we'll just use the uptight example or you just got angry or whatever, well, you of course you need to repent for being angry so that you can come to this position. But you come to this position, you just love on him and worship him. And then before you know it, his presence is just pouring over you like honey, like you were standing in there, a fountain of honey. That's when I ask you on Sunday morning, are you experiencing, the, do you sense the presence? That's what it's like. It's like standing under a, a, a bath of honey and it's coming all over you and you just want to bask in it and you just want to love him some more because he's loving you. And you want to thank him some more because you know that whatever you have need of, he's taking care of it. You don't have to talk to him. He's taking care of it because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than anybody else does. He loves you more than anyone else could ever love you. He's interested in you more than anybody else is. He wants to meet your need more than anybody else will ever meet your need. He wants to deliver you if you if you need to be delivered. He wants to heal you if you need to be healed. He's more interested in healing your body than the doctors are, let me tell you. I mean, I'm not saying that all doctors are that way, but God's the one that made you and created you. He knows how to fix you. He knows exactly what you need. Amen? That's why we can come and love him. And worship him. Because we know that about him. We know that about him. There's a number of things that we'll, we'll pick up right there next week. But I thought Jonah was a really good one. Gideon was another one. Gideon's another one. That once he heard the guys in the tent on the opposite team. I mean, you know, Gideon went through a number of things. Lord, if you do this and this and then I'll and then and then Lord if you do this and this and then I'll 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 believe you and then and then um he was still he was still trying to understand what exactly he was going to get or what the Lord was doing because he had got down to 300 I think it was 300 men wasn't it 300 men after taking him through a process and then and he so he decided he was going to go down to the enemy's camp and see if he could find out anything more <laughs> to see. Because 300 men against this huge multitude, how is this ever going to be? Doesn't that, isn't that how it feels sometimes? You have this great big problem. You have this great big huge problem. And you don't know how to fix it. There's nothing there to fix it with. You don't know how to do it. And you have to just lean on the Lord. Amen. Well, anyway, Gideon heard him. Heard the enemy talking in the in the tent. And one of them had, had a dream that Gideon's army was going to do this, this, and this. And Gideon said, that's it. I know I got the victory. And he started worshiping the Lord right there. And um, they went out, and they went the next day, and he said, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And they, and they made that happen. Jericho, I mean, there's so much material have them. Jericho was another, another one with Joshua, where they walked around and shouted, and, and the deliverance came. And so, but anyway, 
So um, those are a few examples I was going to share with you. Um, but we're going we're gonna to stop right here because we're going to move into what next week, what you need to know, um, how to walk in that. And also the things that we're going to look at a lot of the praise scripture verses that show what you have been given because of, of uh, what Jesus did in the death, burial, and resurrection. And so we're going we're gonna to continue because I, want, I think it is so important that we learn how to say, Lord, I love you. And not expect anything from him. But Lord, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. And, and when you come in on a Sunday morning, I think the, the praise and worship, like the song we did this morning, it gets you into a place of focus on the Lord. And if you need to repent of anything, you've got that space, get that done. It's best if you do it before you come. You know, it's best if you deal with things before you come. So then when you come, you're ready to worship. You're ready to praise and then worship. You know what I'm saying? And so if not, but that praising kind of gets you all, your motor all revved up. You know what I mean? You know, some of you guys that have boats, you can't always get the motor going the first time. Right? <laughs> I don't have a boat, but my husband had that problem. And so you can't always get that. So it's important that we get, it's important that we get ourselves our motor's going, and then we move into a place of, I love you, Lord. I worship you. I adore you. And we're ready to minister to the Lord. Amen?